internet. As you know, this year has been designated the year of being members one of another, and that's based on Romans 12:5, where that verse actually declares that we are members one of another, and of course the admonition is to live that out, to let that be expressed, and that we would be faithful in being members one of another, and we'll continue that theme um, into the fall. Each Lord's Supper message in this year, I've been preaching on some of the one another's in Scripture. Love one another was one of them. Edify or build up one another was another one. This evening, we're going to look at yet another one of the one another's, and it's receiving one another. If you'd make your way to Romans chapter 15, Romans chapter 15, receiving one another. Now, we want to pick up the context of this but not the entire context of what all of this means because you'd have to go back to chapter 14 and verse 1 to really get a a full flavor. But as you know, the book of Romans uh, divided into the three sections, chapters 1 through 8, primarily doctrinal, having to do with justification by faith. Chapters 9 through 11 is... um, is a parenthesis, uh, if you will. It's a uh, uh, dealing with the election of nation, the nation of Israel. And then chapters 12 through 16, beginning in chapter 1, I beseech you, therefore, because of all that you've just heard, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So chapters 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 are, are the practical, the how-tos and the what-to-dos of the Christian life. Well, chapter 15 is close to the middle of that. And chapter 15 in verse 7 speaks about receiving one another, but get the, getting the context, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 15. We then, who are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. That's a summary. Verse 1 is a summary of what was just covered under Christian liberty in chapter 14. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatever things were written in earlier times were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you, grant you to be uh, like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, wherefore receive you one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Well, the key to interpretation, as you know, is context in chapter 15, follows chapter 14, and chapter 14 is arguably the quintessential chapter on Christian liberty, dealing with the parameters of Christian liberty. And chapter 14, uh, uh, if I could just summarize it in a phrase, basically says, don't judge one another regarding the non-essentials of the Christian life. Some of you may have liberty, the freedom in your heart to do this, to go this place, or, and, all, and someone else may not. I've experienced that in my own life uh, at, at various times and at various levels of immaturity, growing into maturity in Christ. There were times that I can now look back on and say that I was the weaker brother at that time. Uh, and so your calling would be to not offend me. Um, and my calling would be not to judge you as, as being a liberal, as being a compromiser, if you were exercising liberty in a particular 
area. And so every believer has been given and granted individual soul liberty regarding those things which are not specifically prohibited. Of course, we're we're not talking about um, uh, objectively verifiable sins. Of course, that doesn't fall into that category. Let Let me give you an example of an area of liberty. I have liberty. That is, it would not be a violation of my conscience. I I would not be sinning if I went to a Kansas City Chiefs football game on Sunday afternoon. I could do that. But in the, and I did the math, in the 2,400 Sunday afternoons there have been since I've been saved, you can do the math, 46 years for me times uh, times, uh, 52, and you come up with roughly 2,400. I've been to one Sunday afternoon Chiefs game. Well, why, why only one? Uh, because it's just, it would just clutter up my life. Uh, I'm somewhat occupied on Sunday afternoons uh, as I was as a layman. I certainly am in the ministry. Well, why'd you go to the one? Because my son-in-law, who was headed to war, literally uh, about uh, 15 years ago, literally headed to one of his deployments to the war zone, said, I've never been to a Chiefs game. I'm going to be in town on Sunday any, any way that we could go. And so I checked my heart, uh, and I thought, I can go to a Chiefs game on Sunday afternoon with my son-in-law, who's never been to an NFL game. Uh, I'm not going to miss church. I preached Sunday morning. I preached Sunday night. I was at Arrowhead all afternoon. Had a wonderful time. I haven't done it since. Probably never do it again, my guess is. But I have liberty to do it. That's what... Now, I didn't tell any of you all that I had done that. Why? For fear of being judged. I can tell you now 15 years later, uh, and I qualified it by why I did it. To this day, uh, I still think I made the correct decision in doing that. But typically, in fact, 99% of the time, I would not do that because even though I have liberty to do it, it's not a good idea for me to do it. It's not expedient. It's lawful, but it's not expedient. Y'all, expedient. Y'all follow the, 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 the understanding of chapter 14. That's what chapter 14 is about. Now, chapter 15 introduces this area of, okay, uh, I'm not going to judge you, or I'm not going to ju- be judged by you. Is that all there is to it? No, no, no. We actually are to walk toward each other and receive one another as you have been received. See, you were received in Christ. For as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of, John, of God, John 1, 12. And we're to receive one another, verse 7. Now, to do that, to understand that, let's first look at the theology of receiving one another. What is the theology? And, uh, and a, a, a careful but a quick exegesis is helpful here. First of all, you'll notice in verse 1. It says, we out then who are strong, that is those who, who have liberty to do this, these in the non-essential areas, uh, though, those of us who are strong, we ought to bear with, to pick up and carry is the word there, the, uh, the infirmities, the, uh, the, uh, not, it's not dealing with sin, it's dealing with, how many, what do you have in a different translation? To bear the what? Infirmities? The failings. That is, the weaknesses of those who are weak. We need to help others uh, along the way. And so we're not to please ourselves uh, at all in this. And for, in fact, Jesus spoke to this in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount uh, that we heard uh, quoted a few weeks ago by Mariana. But she quoted in Matthew 5, 46, 47, For if you love them who love you, 
What reward is that? What reward have you? Do not even the heathen do the same? If you salute your brethren only, that is if you're only nice to those who are nice to you, if you only hang with your family members, what is that more than what other people do? Do not even uh, the publicans, the heathen do that? Those are rhetorical questions. Of course, the lost hang with the lost. Uh, there's nothing special about that. But we're to go a step further. We're to bear with, we're to carry, uh, we're to pick up as it were uh, and carry those who are weaker in the faith. And then you'll see in verse 2, there's a goal there. So that we would not please self, but we would help the other one to his good or her good to the point of being built up. And there's an imperative verb there. Uh, We're commanded to do that. We're not offering a handout. We're offering a hand up. We are strengthening someone else, someone else who is weak, uh, maybe someone who needs to uh, be carried along, and we do it uh, so that person will be built up. Of course, verses 3 and 4, as you can see, uses Christ as the example in verse, in verse 3, uh, and the Word of God as the illustration in verse 4. The Savior is our inspiration. The Scripture is our instruction. And so we're to follow the living Word, the Lord Jesus. We're to study the written Word, the Bible, so that we might, in fact, um, be able to fulfill what verse 7 commands us, ultimately verse 7 commands us to do. And then notice in verse 5, now the God of patience, Paul prayed for the Romans that they would be Christ-minded toward one another. His prayer is that, that you be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. That is, you're all in the body of Christ. You don't want one part of the body uh, warring against the other, fighting, struggling with the other. We want to cooperate together. We want to bear with one another, carry one another, uh, as it were, because we're in the same body. And then in verse 6, notice the compelling reason for to be of one mind and one passion and one voice. It's so that God will be made large, that you may with one mind, one mouth, glorify God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there is the motivation. He is the head. The head is not visible to this world, but the body is visible. And we, uh, uh, as the body, are commanded to always be bearing, carrying one another who are weak, those of you who are strong. And the same person can be strong in one area of uh, Christian liberty and weak in another. And I'm, I'm the... I'm typical of that. Uh, I, I might have been able to have uh, done this. Let me, give you, let me just give you an example. Some of you guys are going to have to now cover your ears um, because uh, now I don't mean cover them like this. I mean cover it like this. Because there was a day that if you were a Christian man with an earring, oh boy, would I ever have a problem with that. I'm not bragging. I'm saying, now, was I the stronger or the weaker brother in that? Weaker. Clearly, I was the weaker. And so, uh, now, I recognize that it is not uh, the externals that are the priority. Does God look on the heart? Yes. What does Scripture say? God looks on the heart. Man does look on the outward appearance. And so, I do need to be careful how I appear and uh, the way I present myself. But if you have Christian liberty, and boy, it's taken me a long time to come to this, um, to 
<laughs> Maybe I haven't come to it. I don't know. Uh, to, to, be, uh, to be tattooed, uh, to be, uh, have piercings and the, and the rest, and you, you are do- if you can say, I am doing this for the glory of God, then go. Go, boy. Go, girl. <laughs> uh, but you need to be able to uh, say that. Isn't that right? Amen. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. There was a day that I, in my weakness, did not allow others to express that way. Now, I don't know what I did with the uh, culture. And, and, and I've also been judged. Let me stay on the piercings. I just, I, this subject is so good. I'm going to be in so much trouble for this. When my, uh, my three daughters are ages 34 to 30, pushing 39, back nearly 40 years ago, it was not um, acceptable in the Anglo-Christian culture to, for little uh, girls, little babies, to have earrings. And yet, Susie, Betsy, Priscilla, as soon as they're born, popped earrings into each one of their ears. Uh, in the Hispanic community, yes, that was absolutely acceptable for babies. Not, the, not in my culture. And so we had people, I had people coming up to me literally at this church saying, why did you do that to that baby girl? You know what my answer was? In, in a smart aleck way. Because I wanted to. <laughs> not recognizing that in that case, I was the stronger one and others were the weaker. And y'all, y'all hearing, I'm just using this as illustrative. Because that's what chapter 14 teaches. Therefore, chapter 15, the Spirit of God wanted Paul to include, oh, by the way, it's not just that you're tolerating each other in your differences and liberties. You're to receive one another. You're to truly um, bring that other one into your life, even if there are differences uh, in, uh, in how you see areas of liberty. That's what verse 7 says. Therefore, because of all of the differences that you'll have, some people like this worship style, other people like this, that worship style. I don't particularly uh, prefer a worship style. In fact, I don't, uh, uh, I don't go at all with a worship style where there's smoke and mirrors and, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, literally smoke and fog and, and strobe lights and this and that. That's fine if you want to do that. But you need to be able to answer why you do it that way, right? Isn't that fair? What are you telling me with the fog machines in a church service? What are you telling me? What am I supposed to understand that to mean? And if you can give me a God-fearing answer for why that is present, well, then I guess I, not I guess, Romans 14 says, that I need to accept that, even though it's not my cup of tea. Am I making sense here, folks? Help me out here. You're looking at me like you're getting scared, like I'm going to say something, and I may. That's untoward. Okay. Verse 7 summarizes all this. Because of all of these scenarios going on, remember, this is a practical section. Receive one another. We're to give ourselves and that's the primary verb in this whole passage is receive one another just as christ received accepted you so too you are to receive one another notice how personal and emphatic that it is the basic root of the word is very strong it's to take unto yourself 
intentionally take unto yourself. But the, the grammar is even, it intensifies it because it's present tense. Always be taking unto yourself those with whom there isn't completely squaring away of decisions that you make in life. One person would go in this direction, another person, you know, you know that um, it's not easy being a Baptist pastor who graduated from a Catholic university? That's a bit odd. And that Catholic university was pleased for me to graduate because I was witnessing to the nuns. <laughs> so, <laughs> why'd you go to a Catholic university? Because of the science program. I have a degree in chemistry. And so, there are some who would say, I ought not to have done that. Uh, weren't, weren't you supporting the Catholic Church? No, I was buying a product. That's all I was doing. I was, I was buying something that I received, and it helped me uh, uh, much in life. And so, we're always to be receiving one another, taking that one unto ourselves. And it's not physically, it's not emotionally, really, it's spiritually. I'm not to hold you at arm's length because we have a difference in how we view Christian liberty. Okay? Are we together on that? And, uh, and I don't know that we, that we have that, but that's the, that's the point. I don't know, and, uh, and maybe you don't either. Here's the very same word usage, and let's look in, as an, an example. In Acts 18, verses 24 to 26, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, so you, that's an interesting scenario. You've got a, a Jew born in Egypt, eloquent, mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. So we got all kinds of things whirling around there in that, in that scenario. The man was instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. That's as far as he had received in theological and biblical instruction. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them. No, they received him and expounded, word for hermeneutics, unto him the way of God more perfectly or more completely. And so they did not hold him at arm's length. They said, let us give you the full picture and they received him unto themselves. And so, we're called, the, 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 the verb is imperative, it's a command. It's strong, it's intense, it's continual. It is not to be ignored. What's more, it's in the middle voice. Meaning, you, you yourself, you go out of your way. You look at that one who needs to be received. And you be the one who does that. So there's the theology of receiving one another. What will it look like? What's the practicality of it actually happening? Well, we're to be a part of one another's lives. You know, I got to, I got to thinking about this. Animals uh, compared to humans, and I understand in zoology, we're, we're, homo sapiens are supposed to be animals as well. Uh, I, I, I don't accept that. Of course, we're mammals and uh, and we can get into the genus species and break that all down but we're different because we're created in god's image and the others are not amen that makes us profoundly different and an animal in the animal kingdom uh, if you, uh, uh, an animal kingdom with a litter of uh, 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 pups of kittens whatever it might be if there is one 
who is weak in the faith, not doing well, is the runt of the litter, is struggling to breathe, is what will happen to that one? Pushed aside, excommunicated, get out of here because you are utilizing resources that the rest of us could use and we would be stronger. That is across the board in the animal kingdom. No mercy for the weak. Precisely the opposite in God's kingdom. That those are the ones that we rescue, uh, we bring to the hospital, the local church, so that brothers and sisters who care, who will receive them. Of course, we're not talking about accepting someone's sin, never are we to do that, but we're talking about someone who is weak in the faith. We're to receive one another. Four ways that I, uh, I, I thought about using, uh, using the... the um, the dynamic of, of physical health, we have to have a heart of inclusiveness. Um, this church must never be exclusive. That is, us four close the door no more. But to be inclusive, receiving one another as a brother or a sister in Christ, even if it is difficult and outside of one's comfort zone. Story was uh, told at Kathy's mom's memorial service three weeks ago or so. That on her mom's wedding day in 1957, uh, her parents were married 65 years before she went home to be with the Lord. During uh, the reception, when they were going to cut the cake, and the, uh, the church fellowship hall was filled with their friends and all, in the back door came the town's uh, homeless man, the, the hobo, used to be called. You remember that term, uh, the hobo? Everybody in town knew him. And he came in uh, in his tattered clothes and filthy clothing and unshaven. And uh, he was, you know, the, the, the world had beaten him up badly. And all eyes turned to him like, what is he doing here? No one dared say anything. They didn't know what was up. But he came walking in just before they're cutting the cake and made a, a straight path right up to the newlywed couple, Kathy's parents. He took a $1 bill out of his pocket and laid it on the table right in front of Kathy's parents just after they, they had said, I do, and turned around, never said a word, turned around and walked away. Well, Kathy's parents immediately knew why he, he had done that. Now think about this, 1957, Hobo had not held a job in years and years and years, lived, lived uh, under a bridge. Giving a dollar in 57 was a lot, that was all of the money to his name and all that he would ever have. Why? Would he possibly have ever done that? Because her mom had a history of receiving him, of befriending him, of talking to him when no one else, nobody knew, she didn't put a, 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 any billboards up or anything. No one knew it. No one knew that she had befriended him and sought to share the Lord with him, but he knew it. And he gave them a gift of everything that he had because it built him up. 
in life. You all following that illustration? Uh, when I heard that at the wedding, wedding, I thought, I'd never heard that before, but I absolutely can see how that could have happened. You can make a difference receiving those who are weak. And of course, in this case, it's weak in the faith. It's not physically weak uh, necessarily. I use that by way of, ex- uh, uh, of uh, illustration. But uh, the, the heart of it is that I'm going to include you. I'm not going to exclude you. And of course, that's the heart of God as well. While we were yet sinners, he accepted us in Christ. Number two, a mind to identify. That is, I need to be looking for someone who is either not being received or it, lo- it appears that he or she is not being received. It appears that he or she is on the periphery. Um, I need to be, have my antenna, if you will, up to that, looking for those in the body, me being a healthy one, me being a strong one, and moving toward uh, that one on the periphery. I tell you, I was so blessed this morning in Sunday school. Uh, we've had a visitor uh, who's been attending, oh, I'll say for a month, I attended a number uh, of services. And I said, well, what brought you our way? I, I didn't recall uh, what the connection was with Redbridge. Just saw us, or saw us online or something. <clears throat> and this visitor said, uh, I was invited by a member. And this visitor said, uh, and ever since I've been here, People have gone out of their way uh, to want to know me, to, to hear about me, uh, to talk about the things of the Lord, to truly uh, invest in this person. And didn't know, other than the person who had invited this visitor, didn't know anyone of the rest of us. Boy, that did my heart, a world of good, a pastor's heart, that we as a congregation, at least to some degree, are receiving one another. We are receiving uh, others. But it means you have to have a mind to, to be looking for folks who might need a spirit of reception. Um, it can't be easy. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I've been out looking for a church home. I mean, I've been uh, a part of this church most of the last 43 years, uh, except for a short pastorate elsewhere. And so uh, it's, not like, it's not like I go uh, unnoticed. But there are people who do go unnoticed, potentially. And so having a, a congregation, uh, having a heart of receiving one another, that's the heart of God. Amen? He has received us. He has accepted us. And he's the one who took the initiative to do that. We love him only because he first loved us. Amen? So he took the initiative. He had a mind to identify those who needed to be received. And then, it's not enough just to know, I need to have a will of intentionality. That is, I must actually take this, I must intend to do something about it. Now I've got to come out of my own comfort zone, out of my own cluster, and reach out to someone else. If I'm going to fulfill what verse 7 says, it doesn't necessarily mean a new person. It might be someone who's been here for 20 years and seemingly is not integrated into body life, at least uh, not uh, in the healthiest way. So, therefore, I'm going to make a decision in my own heart to integrate. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, there's going to be action. I'm going to take action. It might be extending an invitation 
hey, attend Sunday school with me next Sunday, would you? And then let's go out for lunch. Or you come over to my house and, and we'll have dessert or whatever it might be. Or, or would you join the choir with me? Or, I'm attending this small group and uh, we're not very large and, and maybe we could accommodate some other, or whatever it might be. Take action to integrate others into the life of the body. Members one this is a practice. Members one of another uh, is a practical boots on the ground, living out your life in Christ, in the body, um, making a difference. May we give ourselves, loving one another, a couple three months ago, edifying one another just after that, and tonight receiving one another. It's not going to be just receiving those who are just like you. Uh, if the truth were known. There isn't anyone just like you. <laughs> you, uh, you have your own weirdness, amen? <laughs> you have your own idiosyncrasies, Romans chapter 14 would, would suggest. And, and I do as well. So not everything about you is palatable to me, and certainly vice versa. Scripture identifies that. Scripture is not afraid to say that. But in the midst of that, we're to receive one another. Of course, it does not mean accepting one another in our sin, uh, but accepting one another in your standing as a brother or sister in Christ. And all God's people said, Lord, I'm thankful for this, your word, and the, the power, the strength of it, my, the commands here, and the illustrations that as Christ didn't please himself, he wasn't, he wasn't out to to take care and cover for self, but he had reproaches coming at him. Lord, may we, with one mind, one mouth, one heart, one soul, uh, receive one another for the glory of God. What a testimony that is. And so, use your word in all of our hearts to change us, to cause us to be more and more conformed to your image in this area. Lord, I'm thankful that it's somewhat like preaching to the choir tonight because to a great degree, to a significant degree, that sure seems to be who we are. May it continue, may it spread like a wildfire so that the entire body is touched. There's not a part of the body which is anemic, which is left hungry, thirsty, um, impotent or any such thing, but that we would be uh, whole and healthy in service to you, our head, and uh, bringing honor and glory, Lord Jesus, to your name.